A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Round three is done and dusted and, geez, we got through it somehow. We're two of the last men standing, Tommy, after everyone just about fell down last weekend. How are you, mate? How do you pull up after an absolute uh, chaos week in terms of injuries? Yeah, good day, Ryan. Uh, exactly. Okay, your sentiments completely. It was a crazy round and, look, we're just people who sit there and watch the game on TV. Imagine playing it... Um, it really makes you respect the athlete even more the last week. The amount of injuries we have seen, the head knocks, the knee injuries, it's just been incredible. And, yeah, look, hopefully uh, things improve the next few weeks, but it's been a crazy start to the season. It's funny. It, it almost makes you not want to play super coach weeks like that because it's just... Uh I mean, we sit there, I think it was Monday or maybe late Tuesday when we had news of Cleary was out and then... Uh, obviously, Ryan Madison copped the, the big blow the week prior in round two. We knew that he wasn't going to be there. Ryan Pappenhausen had laid out as well. It was just an afternoon of chaos, uh, well, a couple of afternoons of chaos last week. Uh, we got through it, though. Tell me, how do you go in uh, Classic in round three? Some lowish scores across the board, but... Uh, it was just one of those weeks you just had to get through and full focus on round 40. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, 1,079, obviously not a great score, but it's not too bad compared to compared to some. Uh, I was just missing Madison, Pappenhausen and Cleary. So they all returned this week. So it can only be uh, it can only improve this week. Yeah, there was $2 million worth of talent there that you um, put on the bench or in one way or another last weekend. Oh, again, I was uh, very disappointed with my efforts as well. Just to tick over 1,000, 1,031. It uh, made me slide out of the top 10%, well, top 7%, but uh, top 12% with an overall score of 3,471. Look to build on that in round four, which of course gets underway on Thursday night. But before we jump ahead though, let's just, uh, I guess we have to talk a little bit about the injuries that we saw at the weekend. Obviously there was those runabouts prior to the weekend, but just some massive blows for different teams, which is going to derail uh, some premiership hopes and probably none more so than the Roosters. Yeah, well, it was a disastrous night for them, not only losing the game fairly comprehensively to South, but, yeah, Luke Keery going down in the second half with that injury. Um, it's a big one. Uh, it's probably the biggest injury of the year so far. It really does hurt their premiership chances. But 
from a Supercoach point of view, we do have to mention that it really opens the door now for our Sam Walker, the very popular halfback uh, backup option for everybody. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I was um, brushing the teeth this morning and I thought, far out. If you would have told me a month ago that, you know, four weeks into the competition we were talking about Sam Walker getting a run and perhaps Joseph Suwali not too far away as well, these two cheapies that were just putting these teams as nuffs, you know, we're not expecting them to get a run, probably not until Origin. And then a month into the competition, here we are, Sam Walker gets a run. So 50% or thereabouts of super coaches suddenly get a massive boost that they weren't otherwise expecting. Yeah, look, uh, it's it's exciting for super coaches and exciting for Sam Walker, but I just think uh, losing both Lamb and Kiri, that means they have to basically debutise two new ha- a fresh halves combination in Hutchison and Walker. I think if Walker had to come in with Kiri as his... Uh, as his sidekick, it would have helped a lot. But having to come in with Hutchison, it's going to be a big task for Sam Walker. Yeah, it is. And obviously, as well as Kiri being injured, probably the next man that would have been in line, Adam Kieran, he's injured as well. So the Roosters half stocks um, seriously uh, damaged there. Uh, Kiri wasn't the only one that to go down at the weekend, though. And some other names here on our list, uh, Ben Hunt for the Dragons and Joseph Tarpanay, I guess the other main concerns from the weekend outside of those HIA knocks, which um, a couple of players felt. Sione Katoa, another one from the Sharks that looks to have an extended run on the sideline now. Yeah, well, as I mentioned from the top, a, a huge weekend of injuries and some of the names we just mentioned there are big ones to lose for any sort of period of time. Ben Hunt, other than Luke Kerry, he'd be the biggest, in my opinion, four to six weeks they're expecting. He played with that fractured leg. Uh, I know he was starting to get a little bit of popularity in Supercoach terms, so look, that's a bit of a big loss for everybody. Yeah, absolutely, and what he was doing for the Dragons, I think it's, uh, I won't say it's getting back to his best because we know what his best can be, but he's, you know, starting to find his feet there and, um, you know, putting the critics to the side and playing some good footy for the Dragons. It's actually surprising and and good to see them getting a couple of wins on the board to start the season. Uh, Let's move on, though. Uh, Before we do, actually... um, to our talking points from uh, our fans via our Instagram DMs. A big thank you for getting out and getting in touch with us. Tommy, I want to throw us back. Uh, we mentioned a dragon there in the form of Ben Hunt, but another one that you have big wraps on and had big hopes for heading into round three. Zach Lomax, uh, let's not uh, waste too many more seconds of this. Let's get into our bold predictions from round three. Your turn this week. Uh, where do you like a little bit of value here or, or where can you see some some players scoring points or maybe not scoring points in round three? Yeah, well, I kicked off uh, out in the fall last week, so I need to go better than that. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, David Fafita on the last game of the weekend against the Cowboys. Obviously, we spoke about him before, how good he was last week. I think he's good enough to score again this week and I'll have him down for at least a score of 85. I'm going to kick it off on Friday night with Zach Lomax against the Sea Eagles down there in Wollongong. Uh, local product down that way, Zach Lomax. So he'll have plenty of friends and family down there to watch him score 80-plus points. So at least I'm hoping or expecting him to get. I think he can score one, maybe two tries, kick a couple of goals as well. So Angus Crichton against his old team to score 90-plus. To prove coming back from suspension. And Saturday night, Mitchell Moses against the Sharks at Bank West. Uh, similar line of thoughts to Lomax. I think he can score a try, maybe lay one on, and he's kicking goals as well against the Sharks. Well, two from four on the bold prediction front. Not quite as successful as the week before, but we'll take it, Tommy. A good strike rate and talk about good strike rates. What about Zach Lomax for the Dragons? Uh, just a real talent and a real spark for the 
for a side that's on the up. Yeah, exactly right. He, he's a, he's their main strike weapon. I think he dropped one over the line in the first two minutes of that game also, so his score could have even been higher. And then David Fafita, he's just started the season with a bang, hasn't he? Um, obviously, the Cowboys' defensive efforts weren't amazing the other night, but you can only play what's in front of you, and he was dominant. Yeah, we'll get into the team changes for the Cowboys a little bit later, and one of the changes that, uh, well, I mean, they've, they've rung the changes, but uh, yeah, I think they're all defensively based and you look at the missed tackles from that game against the Titans and the side that Fafita just uh, tore up. It was just, uh, he left them in his wake and uh, they'll be forced to sit out this weekend. Let's get into our Instagram uh, questions or our talking points here via our DMs and as I said uh, just a moment ago, a big thank you to everyone who's got these in. It really, um, It's really good to see that the way we're all thinking heading into round four. Uh, there's a couple here. We might not be able to get through all of them. And as I say that, let's just start at the uh, the first one in. Someone asked, should we bring in Sam Walker if he's playing, which he is. Uh, this was obviously asked earlier this afternoon. They started the season off with Jock Madden. So would you swap Madden in or out, rather, uh, and Sam Walker in? It's, it seems like a little bit of a wasted trade for mine, but what's your thoughts here? Uh, yeah, look, it's not, not a bad shout. Obviously, it just depends on your... Uh, circumstances I suppose if you need to make other trades I'd probably prioritize those above that but look if you if you have other trades to burn you may as well do it you can't really argue with it it's funny I was uh, I think it was just the the day before uh, the season kicked off maybe that Wednesday before the Thursday night game in round one where I swapped out Madden for Walker and I don't know I just had this feeling and I'm glad I did now because Madden uh, after the performances of uh, Adam Dewey and Brooks at the weekend, uh, you'd think that they've got the job for at least a couple of more weeks and Walker, well, he gets his start here in round four. Another one here from Jay Weather 236 Thoughts on Nick Cottridge? Is he a keep, hold, or sell? Uh, I wouldn't... Be, well, I think a keep and a hold is essentially the same thing. I wouldn't be buying him um, if that's the case. Yeah, if you're looking at Nick, just given the Bulldogs' lack of attacking flair. Uh, to be honest, I haven't kept a keen eye on his price or his break-even, so uh, without knowing, I dare say I'd be holding or selling. Tommy, uh, Nick Kotrich and the Bulldogs, have just gone off the boil to start the season. Yeah, I had the other centre in my team, uh, Will Hopawati from the Dogs, and I suppose I had decent hopes for him because he has done well in the centres in the past few years, but yeah, the Dogs just been awful to start the year. I think Kotrich is uh, another victim of that. So look, I'm not saying he's... He's not playing badly, but just it's hard to get excited about any of the Bulldogs players at the moment. Yeah, it's, uh, you look at their roster, and I guess they've got one eye on next season with the arrival of Burton and Addo Carr, and you just think, you know, I'd hate for Addo Carr, you know, someone who's such a prolific try scorer and an entertainer in our game, to go to a club where they're not going to score points, and they've just dished up absolutely nothing in the past couple of weeks. And players like Kotrich, like Addo Carr, I don't think they're going to help that. They need to start at somewhere in the middle. So on the Kotrich, keep hold or buy, hold or sell? Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably be holding or selling if I had him. Uh, is David Fafita, this one through by Pat Sowerby, Sowerby, sorry if I've pronounced that wrong. Is David Fafita going to continue his high scoring through the next few harder games? Uh, Tommy, coming up, they've got the Raiders this weekend before the Knights and Manly. Jeez, it's a good next three games for David, I dare yeah, say. Yeah, it's not too many, a uh, few factors there. I know the Raiders are probably the hardest game of the lot, but they're coming off that really hard match against the Warriors, so they could be a bit of a tired defensive unit. And then you've got Newcastle, who were pretty average the other day, and then Manly, who had really been easy beating. So, um, look, you'd be a brave man to suggest he's not going to continue on his form. Yeah, and those two fixtures there that you mentioned against the Knights and Manly, both Saturday afternoon 3pm games, 
one on the Gold Coast and one at Glen Willow Oval in Mudgee. So rock hard, dry tracks, you'd think. Um, Titans love throwing the ball out to Fafita and he might uh, keep scoring these triple figure scores. Another one through here, uh, Embarment. Hopefully I've got that one right as well here. Sean O'Sullivan, is he, are his stats just a one-off or do you roughly see them being the same? Scored 70 points last week against the Raiders. I think he had a try assist from memory. Uh, just reading through here, he had a line break and a forced dropout and I guess three try contributions, which helped his score there. Uh, the next three games for the Warriors, just let me bring them up here. They've got the Roosters Easter Sunday at the cricket ground. Then they head up to the Central Coast to take on Manly before a clash at Cogra against the Dragons. So O'Sullivan, his break-even is a minus 15 this week. Uh, if you don't have Walker and you do have Madden, this is what I'd probably prefer to do. I'd prefer to get uh, O'Sullivan in purely because he's already got that good score uh, against the Raiders to his name, and he's going to cop that price rise one week earlier than what Walker Will, Tommy, um, is that the way that you'd be playing this one? Yeah, I can't really disagree with anything you said there. The only probably note of caution I'd say is that Canberra were really out on their feet that second half, and that's mainly the reason why they scored 34 points to the Warriors. So I'm not sure he's going to have that much freedom in the coming weeks, so Sullivan, but look, there's still upside there for sure. Yeah, and as I know that um, while the Roosters may have injuries, I think defensively they're still a pretty good team, and Obviously, Souths, um, you know, crossed for, I think it was four tries, maybe five at the weekend, but Souths are a premier attacking team in this competition. I don't know if the Warriors will be running in four or five tries against the Roosters this weekend, but anyway, wait and see. They could very well run in six. Uh, the next question here. Best trade targets. I'm buying Shuey. assume that means Josh Schuster. What are the next top five targets after that? Again, uh, I've done my trades kind of based on what my team needs and who I think is going to flourish in the next couple of weeks. We'll get into our trades and our teams for round four and uh, later on down in this podcast. Uh, next five top trade targets, I don't know, it depends if you're playing for points or cash. I dare say you can work that out yourself by uh, filtering via the cash cows or break-evens, whatever. Uh, Tommy, again, don't tell me who you're going to trade in for this week or if you haven't decided yet, that's okay. But round three, we've just come through the first round of price rises. Where's your head at now? Are you playing for points or are you kind of trying to find that middle ground between points and making a bit of cash as well? Oh, look, I'm playing for survival. So I'm going terribly to start the year. I need something. Um, I like what he mentioned there about Schuster. He looks really impressive. Uh, Manly were terribly the other night again, but he's really the shining light for them at the moment. Good young player. I'd say Dane Laurie is someone I'd be looking to get in. I have him at the moment, but I'd be telling other people to get in as well. His break-evens in the negatives. He looks to be the Tigers' probably best attacking threat. Um, yeah, he'd be one I'd be shouting for, for sure. Next question here via Cameron McDonald. He says, why are people trading in RCG? Tommy, you've got the break-evens up there, and I won't put you too much on the spot, but um, while I don't, I'd say get these up because I want to see what his break-even is. But RCG, I mean, his minutes have probably been consistent around the 60-minute mark without having... Kept uh, too much of a keen eye on him. Parramatta Eels, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're going pretty well, the Eels. You know what you're going to get. Tommy, Cameron McDonald, can you answer his question? Why are people trading in RCG? I think he might be a bit of a trap, RCG. He did score the other night. Uh, good creative stats as well. His base was only 44, so I'm not sure. He got a 97, so I'm not sure you're going to get that week on week with RCG. Maybe... It might people are looking a bit short-term there. I wouldn't think he's really one to keep for the rest of the year. 
Yeah, again, and probably if you prefer a try-scoring prop at Parramatta, it's Junior Paulo. Uh, we've seen that already to start the year, and Reed Marnie goes to him in those moments when they do need points close to the line. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Campbell Gillard, probably not a bad option if you are looking for a cash grab, you know, but, yeah, long-term sustainability, probably not at that price. Uh, Jamos.jpg says, blooding young players. That's not really a question, but... Um, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's a talking point. The likes of Sam Walker, we've already mentioned getting a run. Uh, a couple that spring to mind, uh, Ben Condon or Condon from the Cowboys. Uh, Shane Wright, another one. Teague Wilton, a couple of these back rowers who are fresh or getting uh, a couple of their first runs in 2021. Uh, move on from that because that's not really a question. Murdoch Masilla forward pass. Tommy, you're a Raiders fan, mate. Do you want to touch on this quickly? It's not really super coach related, but I mean, it has its impacts in terms of Masilla's um, announcing himself as a try scoring forward. Look, um, <laughs> from my point of view, it wasn't a great moment of the weekend, but no, he, he's a good player. He's actually, uh, I think we did mention him a little bit in our previews on our website, but um, he's going pretty well. That was definitely a forward pass, which was disappointing. Uh, but look, the Warriors overall. Yeah, they kind of they did deserve that win with their effort in the second half. But uh, yeah, if you like Ben Murdoch Masilla, I'm not going to talk you out of it. Yeah, Masilla was one of those players that uh, I had in my uh, preliminary team before the season actually got underway. I'd cut him and went with uh, Jacob Host. Fuck, what a nightmare that was. Um, I didn't run with Masilla. In hindsight, I kind of wish I did, but he just didn't get the start. But geez, he scored uh, two or three tries now to start the season. So another one that maybe got away couple of questions here through uh, from as johnson and we'll try and rip through these quite quickly he says what ctws are must-haves and is tino still worth staying in the team uh let's start at the back in the center wings tommy you've already mentioned dane laurie there tessie knew if you don't already have him he has a negative break even of minus 28 so he's going to continue to grow his stocks in the next few weeks and one that i've gotten in this week um and i will jump to it now because it makes sense kurt capewell look I was anti-Kurt Capewell just a few weeks ago, but he's shown he can score tries in big moments. He's done it twice already to start the season. And his base points last week, I think they were about 48 or 49. So that's good enough for mine if he's playing in that CTW slot on your team. They'd probably be the ones that spring to mind for me. Yeah, can't argue with any of those as are good sort of cheaper options. I'd say looking more expensive options, Zach Lomax stands out to me. I just think any time the Dragons go any good, he's going to be the main focal point. He's a great goal kicker. I think he's kicked over 20 straight now. So you just, you're banking points every week with him. I think he's a must-have. The other one before we move on here, is Tino still worth staying in the team? We kind of said this at the start of the season, didn't we, Tommy, that Tino, he scored a lot of tries last year from Melbourne. Um, from memory, he was uh, you know around the 50% ownership mark heading into round one. I don't know what he is now because I didn't start the year with him. Personally, I thought he was overpriced given what he would return at the Titans. You look at the way the Titans play their footy, it's very deep uh, to their halves and then out the back to Brimson. So where Cameron Smith would hit short and flat to Tino close to the line, the Titans prefer to either you know shift to an edge and find for feeder or out the back to you know, strike centers and wingers. So for mine, Tino, is he still worth staying in the team? Not at the price for mine, but he's, I mean, he's still scoring well. I think he's still scoring around 60 points per game, which isn't horrible for a 500k front row forward 2RF dual position player. Yeah, two scores of 60 so far from three games. It's interesting to note that the other night he was named 
Uh, he played, sorry, in the front row instead of Locke, where he'd played the first two weeks, and he's been named in the front row again. It didn't seem to alter his playing style or anything, so I'm not sure. It might just be the number in his back there, but um, look, like you said, I, I'm not too uh, convinced either way. Keep him if you want. Get rid of him if you want. He'll do a decent job, but he's not like a must-have. I think he's lost, again, I say this just off the eye test and having not drilled down too far, but I think he's also would have lost a lot in his um, evasive stats. Uh, I don't think he's offloading the ball as much this year, and he's just not breaking tackles the way he was at Melbourne either. So uh, whether that's the style of play that he's been told to play, you know, tuck the ball away and don't offload, then uh, that might hurt his score as well. Couple here before we finish up and look ahead to round four. Is Asako worth the money grab with his run of games coming up? Uh, I would say no. I think there's better options there that will make money in the weeks to come. Uh, we've already mentioned a couple of them there in, in terms of the CTWs. But Tommy, yes or no, Asako for you with a run that they've got coming up, the Broncos? Looks tough for me. Yeah, I think the run's just too tough. I got, I'm pretty. I do like Asako. I think he's an underrated player, but yeah, they're playing four of the best teams in the comp, so they're not going to win any of them. Absolutely. Uh, another one here. I've had another tough week. Only 8-4-9. Yep, that is a tough week. And I guess we'll finish up here. A couple of more to finish. To'o or Walker in this week. Other one next week. <laughs> so I, I don't know if they mean Cody or Sam, which is quite tough. Dylan. But, oh, yeah, or Dylan. Jeez, there's a couple there. Uh, on big Brian To'o, uh, do you want to get him in this week? I mean, the Panthers, I think they've had a good run to start the year. They've got Manly this week. Fixtures might get a little bit more tough in the weeks to come. Um, but he's he's very reliable in terms of his base stats and at the end of a good back line. So To'o is probably not a bad shout probably in the same category as the Zach Lomax in terms of the more consistent CTW options. Yeah, look, he's not he's not must-have to get in, but he, yeah, he's so consistent. He's probably, like you said, in that Lomax category of someone that is just going to do a great job for you. Um, just on that same person who asked that question, he also asked about Josh Schuster's job security. I think, uh, look, I don't know what position he's going to play. He seems to be quite a versatile player. He's big body. You said, I think you mentioned a few weeks ago he came through as a prop, but he played second row the other night and he's played five-eighths in the past. I think purely on Manly's pretty weak squad, I think his job security is pretty good. Yeah, and I think there's been obviously a few injuries to their back row stocks. Uh, Davey's gone for the year. Curtis Sirenen, I think he's got at least another two or three weeks on the sideline. So, uh, in the short term, at least, he'll be in the run-on team, but I can't see Des leaving him out of the 17 at all, really. I mean, given what they've shown to start the year, he'd have to make that. I mean, it's it's shocking that he wasn't there for round one when you look at it now. Yeah, no, just purely on natural talent. Like, And this is a good year to play someone young like him. They're not... Maybe when Tom comes back, they'll be better, but the way they're going now, they need someone young and exciting like that to, I suppose, get the fans a little bit excited about the future for Manly. Just before we move on to round four here, and this is a question on notice uh, to yourself, Tommy, uh, what do you make of DCE saying, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, earlier this week at least, that Tommy Turbo isn't going to solve all their problems uh, I think it's a fair point from Cherry Evans, but I mean, he's just so instrumental in that team. And we know him for his attacking work, Tommy, but what he does in defense, you know, something that springs to mind, uh, that game early in 2020 against the Roosters, I think he saved two or three, maybe even four tries uh, at Leichhardt Oval against the Roosters. I mean, that sticks in my mind. If Tommy's saving three or four tries, that's three or four less that they have to score. And I know that's not going to happen every week, but... He's very good on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they will be. They'll be a different team. Um, I, I'm sure DCE probably just saying that so he doesn't want to heap the pressure on Tommy Turbo when he does come back. He doesn't want him to think that 
he's going to save the club. But like when he comes back, he goes to fullback, Tillman Walker and go to the centres, and all of a sudden their back line looks a bit stronger. Um, I probably still don't think they'll make the eight or anything like that, but they're going to be a new team. And just the mental... I suppose, benefit they'll get from knowing he's in the team also will be big. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a bit of a shame that he's not there on Thursday night when round four gets underway at Lotto Land. It is the Seagulls up against the Panthers. Uh, Dylan Walker in that number one jersey for Manly. And Stephen Crichton moves to fullback for the Panthers in a place of the injured Dylan Edwards. Tommy, obviously, uh, I think you'd be tipping the Panthers here in this one, but I guess you're looking at the way that the Panthers are lining up here. Matt Burton in the centres. It's a, it's a different look for Penrith this week opposed to what we've come to know. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, I thought maybe Staines would get a run at fullback, perhaps. Uh, I, I wasn't too sure there, but Stephen Crichton will be interesting to watch in open space. Uh, I thought Brent Naden was available this week. Am I right? I think his, um, his self-imposed suspension ended, but I uh, just did a bit of reading. Uh, before and he copped a, I think it was a one or two week suspension for, I guess, um, foul play in the New South Wales Cup. So he's out for a couple of more weeks as well. So um, yeah, he's he's ready and waiting after that suspension finishes. But uh, I guess a good chance for Crichton to show what he's got. Um, he came through the junior reps to side stains uh, as a fullback, and you know I guess those two interchanged uh, in their careers in the junior reps. So. Uh, one way or the other, and clear he's gone with Crichton, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's not the worst move for Penrith, and they should just be too strong here against uh, this Manly side, which is disappointing. Uh, Jozefski, he's back despite that copping an injury last week. Schuster in the back row as well. Not too many surprises here for either side beyond what we've already mentioned here. Yeah, no, they roll out the same team here, Manly, which is... A bit surprising given that they've really not been competitive so far this season and they come up against arguably the best team in the comp, so it looks looks a long night for them, unfortunately. Panthers 13-plus for mine. Uh, let's move on, though, to Friday afternoon. Uh, a different uh, time slot here given it's Good Friday, the traditional clash between the Bulldogs and the Rabbitohs at Stadium Australia. And again, I mean, it's hard to see anything but a Rabbitohs win here. Uh, again, I don't think there's too many surprises from the Rabbitohs. There's been no changes to the team that um, beat the Roosters last week. And they were convincing. They were dominant, the Rabbitohs, and they really announced themselves as a serious title threat against the old enemy. Yeah, absolutely. Superb uh, start to the game. I'm not sure the Roosters... I don't know. They didn't seem switched on, the Roosters, but South, maybe that was why. South were just rolling through them from the start. Latrell and Cody on that left edge just look absolutely lethal, and you'd think, given how the Bulldogs have started the year, this will just be a walk in the park for South. Yeah, let's not spend too much time on the Bulldogs. I want to focus more on Souths because, I mean, if you're playing with the Bulldogs in your team, you're probably going to be disappointed, and you probably won't be listening to this podcast for too much longer because you'll probably delete the Supercoach app. Uh, Dane Gagai, for mine, I mean... <laughs> We knew what he can do in terms of base and getting out of his own end, but what he offers at the other end of the field, his combination with Walker and Latrell, it's going to another level this year. And I think, you know, uh, everyone thought that AJ would bag a lot of the tries this year down that side, but truth be told, Souths are that good. They don't often need the ball to get to the extremity to score tries. And Gagai, we know he can be a little bit of a ball hog towards the line. Tommy, you've got him in our draft comp, mate. You're not complaining what he showed last week. It's just, it's really exciting for Souths and, uh, and Dane Gagai. Yeah, he's always been a big match player, as we've seen in uh, in Origin over the years. He's played so well for Queensland, and yeah, but he started the season so well this year. Like you said, he's just in a great spot on the field there with Latrell 
AJ outside him, Cody Walker. It's just an attacker's dream out there, and he just gets amongst it. Good base stats as well, so he, he's firing in all cylinders, Dane. You look at this next uh, three or four weeks here for the Rabbitohs that they've got coming up, and it is phenomenal. It is mouth-watering, and I'm so grateful, so glad that I found a way to get Cody Walker into my team last weekend uh, before Jack Whiten lost $33,000. Cody made $3,000, surprisingly, but when you're scoring 90-plus points, you're probably likely to get a price rise. Get this into you, Tommy. This is the next three weeks for the Rabbitohs. They've got the Bulldogs, the Broncos, and the Tigers, all of them from memory at ANZ Stadium or Stadium Australia as it is now. Geez, you couldn't ask for a better run of fixtures in the next three no, weeks. No, you couldn't. And like you said, as a Cody Walker owner, it's it's really mouth-watering. And in my own like draft team, I own three South players as well. So like pretty exciting next few weeks. Good captain options too. Adam Reynolds, uh, before we move on from South, I think, I won't say he's been disappointing, but not at his best. And uh, we saw that even, I think he showed a little bit uh, more against the Roosters, but the week before against Manly, not at his best. And I don't know if these contract talks are playing on his mind. We won't go too far into that. But purely from a super coach perspective, he's down on his numbers from last season. Uh, this is his average scores per game across, uh, I guess, the past five seasons. So 2017, he was 55 points per game. 2018, 52. 2019, 55. 2020, 60. And now in 2021, just 38. So a massive drop-off year on year, 60 points per game down to 38 points per game. What do you attribute this to, Tommy? I know we're only three rounds into the season, but is it just the way the dominance of South's left side with uh, Cody you know, predominantly taking the reins on that side and Latrell as well as that extra playmaker? Yeah, I think so. I think it's only down to that. I think the next three weeks, given the fixtures, we'll really get to see a true indication of where Reynolds is at. But like maybe the contract talks are impacting impacting him ne- negatively. I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be too concerned yet about his performance. Obviously, for super coaches, it's been a pretty ordinary start, though. Yeah, and again, probably one thing we forgot to mention there, and key in a, in that is the role of Benji Marshall as well coming on and playing uh, his role in that um, I guess creative space. And again, remiss of me not to say that he did leave the field early against uh, Manly in round two with a head knock. Let's move on. Friday night down in Melbourne and another one of these lopsided games, you'd think on paper at least, the Melbourne Storm against the Brisbane Broncos. Ryan Pappenhausen is back, a big inclusion for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, other than that, uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona named to start at lock. Tui Kamakamitha off the bench, but uh, we've seen them, I guess, switch in their roles uh, before kickoff in recent weeks. Tommy, what did you make of the Broncos last week? They got their first win, albeit against the Bulldogs, but I guess a good platform to build on uh, heading into this much more difficult clash against the Storm in Melbourne. Yeah, look, to be honest, it was probably one of the lower games you'll see all year, that one, uh, Broncos-Dogs. It was it was pretty hard watching, but I do think the Broncos will take a lot of confidence out of it. Um, however, coming up against Melbourne six days later, we think this game's going to be in Melbourne. We don't know with COVID. But uh, Brisbane have already had to leave Brisbane, which is uh, mucking up their preparation. And the Storm coming off two straight losses. There's a bit of danger signs here, I think, for the Broncos. I think the Storm might give them a little bit of a touch-up. Yeah, this could be anything, I guess, uh, something to help the Broncos in a week that hasn't uh, been their normal preparations, at least. Matthew Lodge is back, so to Payne Haas. So a bit of grunt through the middle, and they'll need it against the likes of Welch and Bromwich and... 
Uh, Eisenhuth, if he plays, I don't know if he'll play Tommy Eisenhuth. I mean, that was a dog shot from Lenny. Uh, I mean, last week, I think he had fractured or broken ribs. So I don't know. He's been uh, just reading here, rib cartilage damage. So yeah, whether or not he actually turns out, that's a different story. Uh, we'd be tipping the storm there. I think we both would and probably by the same 13 plus margin as the other two games. Saturday afternoon on the Sunshine Coast, this one, again, another one of these fixtures that might be impacted by uh, the COVID outbreak in Brisbane, the Sharks and Cowboys, two sides coming off last start losses. I guess the difference, though, they both walk away with no points, but the Sharks, they probably walk away with a bit of confidence knowing that they hung tough against the Eels um, despite everything going against them last weekend. Yeah, they did a good job. Them and the Raiders, uh, even though they both lost, they did a great job just to hang in there with the massive adversity they faced. That's something like the Sharks the other night, three HAs, I think. I think that's happened since 2016. I was reading the NRL physio said today on Twitter. So they just had no luck on Saturday and they hung in that game for a long time. It just ballooned out late. The score, Cowboys are just in free fall. I do like their team a lot better this week with Val Holmes named at one. I know he did play the other night, but he's actually been named there this week. And Josh McGuire starts at lock. I think that's uh, better as well. So, look, I think this is a bit of a toss-up this game. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Val at one. But, I mean, you go through these, I guess, the rest of the back five. Murray Tuolangi, Justin O'Neill, Connolly Lamelu, Hamaso Tabuai Fidel. Yes. I mean, how many of those players are getting a run at another no, club? No, I agree. But I don't think the Sharks back five are world beaters either, to be honest with you. Um so, well, I don't know. They do definitely have more settled team, the Sharks, and you'd probably be tipping them. But if the Cowboys are ever going to fire up, given what Maguire said about them the other night, and there's already rumblings about the coach, I don't know. It has to be this week. They have to show something. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there on that. And I think, you know, we mentioned the young blood coming in in the back row uh, with Wright and Condon. Uh, Maguire starting as well. I mean, it's just... I mean, how did they not start Maguire when they had Tamalolo out? He's beyond me. Cohen Hess back to the bench. Jake Granville's still there, so I guess he'll play that interchanging role with Reese Robson as well. Key team news, I guess, in this one, uh, other than the Cowboys, is Teague Wilton, named in Jersey 11 for the suspended uh, Britain Acora. And Andrew Fafita included on the reserves for the Sharks, although he's been turning out for Newtown in recent weeks. But... Um, again, that's even that is still a, a surprise for me. If Andrew Fafita isn't in the Sharks' best 17, then I'm not here because I think he's just too good. I mean, I know he's carried an injury, but, I mean, what is Billy Magulius offering and Braden Trindle perhaps that uh, Fafita can't or Connor Tracy can't in that utility-type role? I don't know. Tommy, I don't know. I have just to think it's only fitness. Maybe John Morris is... Maybe he's in training well, Andrew Fafita. I don't know. I think he's there's been rumours he could be looking at going to the Dragons. Um I don't know, he's still on big money at the Sharks, so it is surprising to see him only in the reserves. You'd be copying your paycheck, regardless if you're suiting up for Newtown or Cronulla. If you're getting paid what Andrew is, you'd be happy enough to check the Combank app at the end of the week. Uh, Titans v Raiders, Saturday night, uh, 7.35pm, up on the Gold Coast. A couple of injuries here for your Raiders, Tommy, um, off the back of that loss to the Warriors last week. How do you see this one playing out? The Titans, they're in good form. Yeah, pretty nervous about this game. Um, considering the uh, effort we had to go through last week, it was a losing effort in the end, and we're just out on our feet for the last hour of that game. Now we have to go up to uh, the Gold Coast, we think, given COVID, we don't know, but Titans looking pretty hot. Their forward pack is just uh, dominating teams the last two weeks, so uh, I don't know. We've got a big task ahead of us. Tarpon is a big out 
So it'll be interesting to see. Hudson Young back on that right edge, and he'll have a task against David Fafita. I mean, even someone who is a big fan of David, I don't think I could have expected him to start the year this good, and I think he's just playing with the confidence and uh, a license to, to just play footy. I mean, he's just breaking tackles and beating that first and second defender almost at will. Two scores over 100 inside the first three weeks of the competition. He's just going from strength to strength, and I guess now his off-field matters are sorted. His, his future's settled at the Gold Coast. He's just playing with a license to roam and really impressing me. Yeah, exactly, and we spoke about it earlier. He has a good run of fixtures coming up. Um, it's really no excuse, well, not no excuse, but no reason why he can't keep going big. Um, I know I predicted him last week to go big, and he did, and I'd honestly probably do it again this week. He's, he's proving to be a lethal man. Key team changes here. You've already touched on it a little bit, but Tino to start in the front row and Tyrone Peachy at lock. I kind of like that. I think he's just adding a little bit of something different there in that number 13 jersey, almost like the Radleys and the Murrays and also... I guess that Benji Marshall-type role when he comes on and playing or attacking a ball-playing role in that middle third. Uh, That's it for Saturday night. Sunday afternoon, it is the Knights and the Dragons at McDonald Jones Stadium. And, I mean, you look at this fixture two or three weeks ago and you think Knights by how many? But what we saw last week, the Knights, a little bit of complacency maybe against the Tigers. The Dragons, they're aiming up, but they'll have to suit up this one without Ben Hunt. So... You'd think the Knights are too good, but, I mean, nothing's a given in this game, is it? No, I was very burnt by the Knights last week. I mean, I'm in a survivor comp where you just pick one team a week who you think will win, and I went with Knights, and very disappointing, to be honest with you. Um, this is another winnable game, though, as you say. Still got that great forward pack. Probably be tipping them again, but there was some really uh, poor performers the other day for Newcastle. I'm surprised to see Shibasaki named again. Uh, Blake Green, though, is on the bench, so maybe... I've got a little prediction. Maybe Blake Green comes into the halves and Kurt Mann into the centres. Yeah, right. Okay. No, that's um, makes sense. And if I mean, if Green's fit and ready to go, you'd think you'd start him because how else do you get him into the game? Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's an aging ball playing, you know, five eighth half. That's not going to provide too much spark off the bench. I wouldn't think. Uh, looking here, here. Um, I mean, we wrote an article today about what went right and wrong in round three. Um, it's bit of personal reflection but Jaden Braley um, and he continues to go from strength to strength so too Connor Watson they've just been their real shining lights for these two teams and for super coaches to start the season uh, really impressive these two aren't they yeah 100% Jaden Braley's been probably the fine of the year you know, the fact that you found him pre-season that was good work from you and then Connor Watson strange I don't know why um, Adam O'Brien keeps pushing him back to the bench at the start of the game but it's not it's not hurting his score at all it's not hurting his performances he's, he's flying yeah, it could even be helping his scores as well. I mean, it takes him out of that, I guess, the initial softening up period where they go uh, up the middle and he's not, you know, tackling front rowers full of uh, steam and gusto to start the the game. Uh, Bradman Best, he's still extended uh, or expected to be out for at least a couple of more weeks, uh, best case. And we've already mentioned Ben Hunt as well. So a big loss there for the Dragons. They'll have to lift and find something else if they are to walk away with two points. Sunday night, Easter Sunday, uh, a treat before we head into a long weekend Monday. Roosters and the Warriors. Um, again, one of these fixtures that you look at a couple of weeks ago and you think this would be one-way traffic as well given uh, recent form. But anything but. I mean, the Warriors have shown that they're going to be a real force or a real, 
I guess, provide some nuisance value to these teams. You know, I like the Roosters uh, throughout the season. So uh, not an easy game here for the Roosters, especially given the injuries of the past week. No, not at all. You know what you're going to get from the Warriors. They're a pretty consistent team every week, putting up pretty good performances. The Fords are very solid. And then you've got two Arsashek at the back, who is a bit of a freak, as he showed the other day. Yeah, it's all about the Roosters here, though. Just looking at their six, seven, nine, Hutchison, Walker, Lusick, it's... It's pretty, it's interesting. It could go either way here. I don't know. It could be dynamite or it could be, could fall a bit flat. So definitely a, a test for them on Sunday night. Yeah, Victor Radley named in Jersey 13, Ikevalu in 14. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just looking here and I, I mean, Robbo is not the most transparent when it comes to team lists. We worked that out at the 2018 grand final with Cooper Cronk. But I mean, I don't know if that'll be the case. Lusick, he's been below what the Roosters would expect, I think. And, uh, I mean, listening to the Rugby League guru today, he, you know, sent out a reminder that Lusick is the third-string hooker. So I guess a bit of a reality check of where the Roosters are at right now. But, I mean, the rest of that forward pack, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Takeahau, Crichton, Tupanil is in good form as well. Plus you welcome back Radley. Plus you've got Hargraves and Butcher on the bench. And Baker, he's been good. Um, yeah, I mean, the Warriors, you said it best there, Tommy. You know what you're going to get from them. They're going to compete, and that's something that you probably couldn't say about the Warriors too often in recent seasons, I guess even prior to 2020. So um, good things happening for the Warriors, and he's hoping that they can make this a real contest uh, out of interest. Who are you going to tip here in this one, Tommy? I mean, it looks a, a real toss-of-the-coin job for mine. Yeah, I agree. I'll probably get the Roosters just just with that four-pack, as you said, looking real strong and still got the Tedesco factor, but... Yeah, no confidence really about the tip. Last game of the round, this traditional Easter Monday game. We've seen it at Bankwest Stadium in the past, but out to Stadium Australia this Monday. The Tigers and the Eels, they'll square off. And, geez, um, I mean, given what we saw from the Tigers against the Knights, maybe we just have to reassess what they can bring to this competition this year. I've still got them in the bottom four, but... I mean, the fact that they turned up with an attitude against the Knights, a team who I really rate this season and got the two points, just shows to you and to I that uh, they're going to, again, like the Warriors, provide some nuisance value and knock off a couple of these teams. Whether or not they can get the Eels this weekend, I don't know. Yeah, no, I I don't think they played that well the other day. They went bad, obviously, to get the points, but Newcastle did drop a lot of ball. Uh, I think this will be a lot harder uh, task for them. Eels have been pretty solid to start the year. Hopefully Moses can pass his HIA for their sake. And uh, Madison is the big story here returning finally. Yeah, he's back. Uh, obviously just that one week out, but one week's a long time in uh, rugby league and even longer in Supercoach, I feel, because I mean you've got that money sitting there on, on your bench and not playing, not going to use, not scoring points, not making money. Uh, he's back and that'll uh, please a lot of people, um, not least yourself. Looking here uh, at the team list, Maratani Akore again in the centres. He was very good against uh, the Sharks. I think he ran in a try, maybe set one up as well. Uh, he'll come up against Tommy Talao, who isn't the best defensive centre. Um, so if I'm looking at this, I think the Eels will be going right. Big bodies in Ferguson as well at this Tigers' uh, left-hand side defence. Tommy, you'd be tipping the Eels here, I think? Yeah, got to be with the Eels. Hoping for a big score from Madison to uh, make up for his absence last week, please. Please, and thank you if you could, Ryan. All right, let's get into our bold predictions. We've been through the games. Uh, what do you think will happen, or what are you hoping to happen here in round four, Tommy? 
Yeah, I'm just going to go with one again. Try to be a little bit more bold. I'm going to go Ryan Pappenhausen. Just think this is an absolute dream fixture for him at home. We think it's in Melbourne. I hope it's in Melbourne. Up against the Broncos with the disrupted prep. Coming off a pretty weak win. I think the Storm should do it easily. And I'll put Pappenhausen down for at least 110 Supercoach points. Wow, 110. All right, I'm not going to go that high. But I'm going to play triple figures as well. And a couple of them here. Uh, Nathan Cleary back against the Sea Eagles. I think he can amass three figures. Uh, so too Cody Walker against the Bulldogs. I think Cody's in for a big month. Uh, that'll be back-to-back or just about back-to-back hundreds for Cody. Uh, I'll agree with you on Paps. I'm not going to say it myself because I don't want to steal your thunder. But I think Paps can go quite big as well. Let's throw in... I mean, I stuck with him last week and we heard it already. Mitchell Moses... Um, I backed him to get 100 last week, and I don't think it would have been the case given how well the Sharks played. I'm not going to back him to get 100 this week, but I'll, I'll say 85 plus. Uh, obviously failed because of his HIA last week, but I'm going to back in Moses again, 85 plus. So um, some big scores coming up for the halves this weekend. Well, members of the spine, we think at least. Yeah, well, whenever I think of Mitchell Moses, I still think of his runaway try against the Tigers in that first game at Bank West. So look, hopefully he can produce something similar and get your bowl prediction over the line. Yeah, let's get it home. Let's uh, get Mitchie home against his old team because there's nothing more I love than a you know, player standing up against their old team and, uh, geez, that try. Didn't that announce the opening of Bankwest Stadium? Before we go, let's just um, – we can't forget this. Our team changes our trades heading into round four. Uh, for mine, I wanted to shore up the CTWs. I've already mentioned Kurt Capel. I brought him in at the expense or at the uh, departure of Jake Averello. Like Jack Whiten, he was kind of one of those punts uh, to start the year that I thought you know could have some upside. And unfortunately for Jack and Jake, both of them, um, they've perished in we- recent weeks. So Capewell in at the CTW slot, which I think has. Uh, some upside there, shifting Rudolph from the 2RF slot up into the front row. Moses Leota, another one of these players who I tipped up um, quite heavily to start the year. I just can't have him there scoring 35 or you know, less than 40 points per game week on week. So again, another one of these, I guess, um, trades in hope or desperation, you could say that. Uh, Teague Wilton for the Sharks, he comes in $250,000. Um, his break-even is 17, so again, he got that um, long minutes against the Eels last week given the injuries that the Sharks did have. So he almost got in a full game last weekend against the Eels. So effectively, this is his second game, maybe his third um, this season. So his price rise may come in this game. Let me just check that. No, it'll be his second. So obviously with Nakora out for the next two weeks, it means he'll sneak in his three games required to get his price rise. Uh, has the Cowboys this week. Looking at the team, I expect him to play at least 60, 65 minutes. And uh, the last time he did that from memory in 2020, he amassed uh, quite a big score. It was 64 points in 80 minutes, including a base of 50 against the Raiders. So enough there for mine to justify including him with that break-even of 17. Teague Wilton in at the backup 2RF slot. Yeah, lots doing there for your team. A lot less doing for me. Um call it crazy maybe given my position but I'm just going to stick solid this week Uh, I've got a lot of returning players Pappenhausen, Madison, Cleary, Matt Lodge also returning for myself so 
I'm just going to welcome them back into the team. A lot of my reserves looking pretty good in terms of their break-evens and prices. Sam Walker also making an appearance as well. So yeah, I'm just going to stick solid with the team and hoping for the best here. Some good caption, captain options this week, so I'm expecting a real high score, hopefully. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And as we said, uh, you know, well into the um, pre-season in our previews, you know, set the team up the way that you want. So obviously we're here to... I guess share our thoughts and what we think is going to happen at the weekend but at the end of the day you want to be playing with the team that you want to be playing with Tommy uh, that wraps us up here ahead of our round four uh, getting underway in a couple of days time or if you're listening to this on Wednesday tomorrow of course plenty to look forward to at the weekend how good to have footy back he's hoping that everyone in Brisbane and all around those parts can stay safe and we get some footy it'd be a real shame if uh, the season was derailed again due to COVID yeah, absolutely it puts a shiver down my spine seeing the latest COVID uh, protocols inducted in the NRL but look hopefully we can get things back on track and nothing happens uh, too drastic to the season and also hoping that uh, all the players can stay healthy this weekend and not uh, have as bad injury tolls around three. Yeah let's hope we're not sitting here for 40 plus minutes talking injuries or 20 plus minutes like we were to start this podcast. Tommy, as we say, big thank you for joining us this afternoon at Supercoach365, where you'll find us across all the socials. Uh, Good luck this weekend. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.